it. Are you referring to the fact that we almost didn't get to go to Dry Tortugas? Is that what you're talking about? Uh-huh. Okay, so... The boat show. Erica. <laughs> okay, you're not allowed to talk. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Addicted to Trails, where we talk about all things hiking, camping, and outdoor adventures. I'm your host, Alexis. And I'm Erica. I remember very little, and I don't know how to pronounce anything. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about Dry Tortugas National Park. Dry Torch, as I call it, because <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce anything. It's a series of remote islands 70 miles off the coast of Key West, Florida, and it's one of the most remote and least visited national parks in the NPS system. If camping under the stars on an island 70 miles off the coast, snorkeling with stingrays and jellyfish, swimming in beautiful aquamarine blue waters, and paddling through choppy ocean waves to a secluded key sound like fun to you, consider visiting this little cluster of remote islands deep into the Gulf of Mexico. Yes. Now, it was established in 1935 as a Fort Jefferson National Monument, but in 1992 is when it became the National Park. The size of it is pretty small in comparison to other ones. It's 64,700 acres, but 99% of that is water. And in 2022, the park received 78,000 visitors, which is very low compared to most of the statistics Nobody of the other parks. To it. Yes, we'll talk about why that is. <laughs> All right. And the fee to get in is $15 per person for seven days or free with your America the Beautiful Pass. Yes. So to start off, I think we're just going to talk about some fun facts about dry Tortugas because why not? It's fun. (laughs) Um, The first fact is, so Tortugas is a Spanish word for turtles. So in case you wondered what that is. And then um, the discoverer of the island, Ponce de Leon, called the island Lost Tortugas because of the abundance of sea turtles that he caught while visiting. So they later changed it to dry Tortugas because of the lack of fresh water available on the islands. Yes, and now the Navy built a military fortress on the island to protect the Florida coastline. 16 million brick fortress, wow. Fort Jefferson is is the third largest fort that defends a coast ever built in the U.S. It's also the largest masonry structure in the country. I'm very proud of myself for saying all of that. It was masonry, but that you got you got uh-uh. it close. Oh my god. <laughs> I suck. All right. And then we did mention there are seven islands, but one of them, Bush Key, is an island off of on Dry Tortugas. It's sometimes only accessible via kayak or canoe. Other times it can be visited on foot by Garden Key. This is because of the dynamic landscape and shifting sands. During the breeding season, the island of Bush Key is home to birds that can't be found anywhere else in the U.S. That's kind of crazy. I know. And finally, a, the lighthouse was constructed at Garden Key in 1825 to warn incoming vessels of the dangerous reefs. And later, a brick tower lighthouse was constructed on Loggerhead Key in 1858 for the same purpose. What a name that is, Loggerhead Key. Yep, we did see the lighthouse when we were there too. Yeah, so that's so cool. That was fun. And Dry Torts, because that's what I call oh, I guess it. I'm not, one I'm not even going to try to pronounce dry that. Dry Tortugas. Yeah. <laughs> the lowest point of that is zero feet at the Gulf of Mexico, but the highest point is 10 feet. <laughs> wow. Almost 10 feet taller <laughs> and longer head key. Okay. So fun facts are done, but now we are going to talk about how the heck do you get to Dry Tortugas? Why are there so little visitors every year? There's only a couple of ways. That's why. There are technically three ways, but two are the main w- ways that people get there. But we'll talk about each each one so you understand. But there are seven islands on Dry Tortugas, um, but one only one, Garden Key, 
is accessible year round. Bush Key is accessible from October through January. And then Loggerhead Key is accessible by boat three miles from Garden Key. But all other all of the other four keys are closed all year. So how do you get there? What's the what's the first way, Erica? Apparently there's three ways. I thought there was two. The okay. first one <laughs> is ferry, which is going to be the cheapest way to get to there. And that's the Yankee Freedom Drive to Torgus. Yeah, yeah. Ferry. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> And that's going to be $205 plus the NP fee, which is $15 per adult. So yeah, those are per adult. Yeah. Sorry so the way if you have a national park pass already, you don't need to pay that $15 fee. So it's only going to be $205. Um, and then you just show your pass when you get to the ferry docks. America the beautiful. Yes. And then if you are going to be camping on the island, um, which we'll talk about later, it's going to be $240 per person. If you want to bring a kayak and camp, $260 per person. Ages four, to, ages 4 to 16 <laughs> are $165 and then ages 3 and under are free. There are discounts for seniors, students, and members of the military. And at the time of this recording in January 2024, those are the current prices, but they obviously go up. So that'd be that. a lot of fun to do camping there, but I know it's like really hard to do. Yes, it is really hard to secure those tickets. Um, okay. So for the ferry schedule, we'll talk about that. Um, you are going to be committing 10.5 hours out of your day, <laughs> but it's the cheapest way. <laughs> yes. So at 7am you're going to be checking in. So that's, you're going to want to stay on the Island of Key West because you're going to have to get there super early. Um, so then at 7.30, you're going to board the ferry, and then the ferry is going to take off at 8 a.m. You're going to arrive at Dry Tortugas at 10.30, so that's a two-and-a-half-hour ferry ride. Um, and then... It's a little windy. Yes. So then they're going to provide lunch for you, um, and then you're going to depart at 3 p.m. and arrive back in Key West at 5.30. So, and also with- breakfast and lunch is included yeah. with that ferry ride. They got a bathroom, galley of snacks, snorkel gear, and a guided tour through Fort Jefferson. Yeah. All of that is included with your ferry ticket. So the next way to get there is by seaplane. So that is the fastest way to get to Dry Tortugas. The only seaplane rides that you can take to Key West um, are the Key West seaplane adventures. So there's a half day and a full day. Um, The half day costs $451 for adults and $360.80 for children 12 and under. Yikes. And yes, and full day seaplane excursion is $792 for adults and $633.60 for children 12 and under. Children under two are free. Yes, that is very expensive, but it is the most scenic way to get there and the fastest way. True, true, true. So how long is the seaplane ride? About 40 minutes each way. That's the island time, which is about two and a half hours for a half day and six and a half hours for a full day. So island time is how long you get on the island, right? So the the seaplane is 40 minutes, but then you get two and a half hours on the island for the half day and then six and a half for the full day. So it's kind of, we'll talk about this and our advantages and disadvantages of taking each, but two and a half hours isn't very long. To be on the island, right. but six and a half is a very long time. So there's not really so a you're happy be medium, broke and you don't get to visit as long. <laughs> but we're not trying to discourage one way or the other. We're not. We're not. Um, no, they're both great ways to get there. So with your seaplane ticket, you're going to get water and soft drinks with a cooler and snorkeling gear. So you do have to bring your own food, which is different than the ferry. So the right. where you get a lunch, but yeah. this you do not. Um, and there's one final way to get to dry tortugas and that is by private boat charter 
we don't have too much information on this because there are several private boat charters running out there, but um, this is the most expensive option by far, like $3,000 a day on average. That is crazy. Somebody yes. really doesn't have a budget. Yeah. So if you're looking for something like super exclusive and private where a guy is just going to take you just be your chaperone in for a, the day. <laughs> yeah. Just take you in a boat with you and your family or friends, then this is the way to go. If you have that kind of budget, that would be pretty cool. Right. So now we're going to talk about, since we just talked about the seaplane and the ferry and each way to get there, these are the advantages and disadvantages of taking both. So we'll start with the advantages of the seaplane. Obviously, that's going to be the quickest way to get there. And you also get like the scenic flight over the Florida Keys because you're on a seaplane. That's kind of cool. And you can also experience the island without the ferry crowds before like when it's arriving and when it's departing. So, well, okay. So wait, the ferry arrives on the island at 1030 mm-hmm. and then departs at three. So you actually get to be on the island without other people. Right. Besides, for a little bit longer. Besides yeah. who's in your um seaplane so you get without all those ferry crowds because the ferry holds several hundred people so you the island doesn't feel crowded ever but this is just once they show up you'll be yeah you'll be basically on your own besides the campers so um so some disadvantages of the seaplane are obviously it's expensive um and then no campers are allowed so you can't bring any camping equipment on the plane if you're going to be camping on the island you have to take the ferry um and then we kind of alluded to this earlier, but the half day trip doesn't allow you much time on the island and the full day kind of gets maybe too much time on the island. And then um, yeah. finally, air sickness is possible. So advantages of the ferry. Yes. So that's going to be your cheapest option to get to there to and from. And they do provide breakfast and lunch. That's what we did. We'll get to that in a second. Anyways, uh, additional snacks and drinks are available for purchase on the ferry for almost the entire day. You get four and a half hours on the island. Which I think is just the right, right amount of time. Yes. It wasn't too short or too long. You know, it was just that just sweet right. spot. Yeah. And campers and their equipment are allowed on the ferry. And then for disadvantages of a ferry, I've only came up with two. And one, it's a, the slower trip to the island. So if you want to get there quickly and you don't want to deal with the boat ride, this might not be the, the option for you. And then you could get seasick. We did not, but a lot of people did. And so. also it's going to be, depending on the weather, it's going to be a little bit chillier as opposed to like a seaplane. That's like, very true. Like you'll have to b- bundle up possibly, but not really. Just get a rain jacket or something That's for the wind. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. I'm smart. So what can you do on the island of Dry Tortugas? What yeah. things can you do when you get dumped off there by <laughs> your ferry or seaplane? What is there to do? Yeah, when you get dumped off, <laughs> you <laughs> so, can snorkel. You can do a tour for the Fort Jefferson and walk around Garden Key. You can walk around on Bush Key, but that's only through October October through January. And obviously you can swim and walk on the moat. <laughs> yes. So the, moat. There, the island of Garden Key is where you... <laughs> I'm going to just skip by that. <laughs> you know what a moat is. Stop acting like you don't. Um, the island that you're going to be dropped off on is Garden Key. That's going to be accessible year round, like we mentioned. Um, so you can, there's a moat that you can walk around the fortress and see, <laughs> why are you laughing? I say stupid things. Yeah. And then, um, there's a lot of snorkeling and swimming spots, um, beaches and then, yeah. Ooh. Anyway, yellow. <laughs> drop my microphone. Um, and then Bush Key is accessible October through January. So that is the island that's connected to 
garden key most of the year. Um, and you can just, if you're one of the lucky ones, you can walk directly from garden key to bush key and explore this beautiful island. That was a mouthful. Yes. But he explained that very well. Thanks. Okay. So, and then, um, I guess we can talk about our experience. Oh boy. What? Nothing really crazy happened. We just, we, we almost just kidding. I don't know what you're, you're alluding to. It's fine. We'll we'll fix it. Okay. (laughs) So are you, are you referring to the fact that we almost didn't get to go to dry Tortugas? Is that what you're talking about? Uh huh. Okay. So the boat show, Erica, (laughs) okay. You're not allowed to talk in this section of the (laughs) podcast. So if you guys didn't know in, I was around Christmas of 2022, the islands of dry Tortugas shut down because, um, Cubans, some, there were some Cubans that, uh, sailed from Cuba. They they showed up to, I told you not to talk. (laughs) They sailed from Cuba to dry Tortugas. So all of their boats and all of their people showed up on this island and they, the NPS were forced to shut down the island to be able to care for the people um, who were not in great shape and to be able to get rid of their boats that showed up. So we were actually afraid that we weren't going to be able to go um, because we, we went January, I think 7th or 8th. Some, it was early January. And this happened, like we said, around Christmas. So they didn't know how long it was going to take to assess take care of everything yeah assess what had happened there so um it was kind of an unpredictable unforeseen circumstance that canceled a lot of people's plans and uh, that that tends to happen a lot with national park sites very true um you have to be always prepared for things to happen but um so we weren't even sure that we were going to be able to go which was going to be disappointing since we were planning this trip um not just for this park but all three of the national parks in florida well it's supposed to be my birthday trip and we're like we mm-hmm. don't even know if we're going to be able to do this yeah so they actually thankfully opened the week of right it was I think literally day- right before we were heading out days yeah i think the day we were leaving or the day around that time they they opened the island and so we were able to go but you know we were reading things on on facebook and other national park groups of people that were just devastated they had they planned their trip around this national park and didn't get to go so we were hoping that we weren't going to be one of those people but we do we were fortunate that we were we we live in tennessee so we we can drive there we did drive there so we we didn't feel as though this would be like across the country and you have like flights and car rentals and stuff to deal with we thought that we might be able to eventually go even if this time didn't work out but for a lot of people that's not the case so um we were able to go um we but that being said we weren't sure how what the state of the island was going to be because of what had happened so we was a little clustered erica you were not allowed to comment about this (laughs) because we don't want to have to do a lot of editing oh my gosh (laughs) Anywho. So we we stayed. Where did we stay? We stayed in a, a really expensive campground in Key West. Yes. Everything is expensive in Key West. Full disclosure. We stayed two inches from your neighbor. Yeah. We stayed in a um, Boyd's campground in Key West, which is only a few miles from the um, boat docks, which we thought was very convenient. Well, it's the closest and cheapest option. Option. Yeah. It was $100 a night to, to camp you guys like if if you're campers you know that that is outrageous but the hotels were quadruple that at least so we figured this was the cheapest option we wanted to camp anyway but 
Anyway, for so hundred dollars a night. Yeah. So we arrived um, at the boat docks and they gave us like a briefing about how the, what to expect and then told us, you know, what we were having for lunch. And it was just fun. Like everybody was so excited. I remember seeing like this crowd, this, there's like a full room of people who were just like super stoked to go to this remote island. And it was just fun. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Very so pretty. The, we, I guess the, is this the first time you've been on a ferry? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't wind blown. I don't I feel like I've been on a ferry before, but I'm not remembering. Haven't you done like dinner cruises or whale cruises or well, something? Well, okay, well yeah. I guess I've done those. Boats of boat. That's right? not a ferry. <laughs> <laughs> we had been on a um a car ferry from Seattle right, across yes, the yes. Puget Sound. Is that what it's called? Oh, <laughs> the tapes have turned. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> This was one of our first ferry experiences. Yes. So we, they gave us like breakfast and we, I remember we got, there's like an air conditioned room and then you can go on the deck and like, we ended up doing that. We stayed on the deck the whole right. time, even though yeah. it was January, it's actually a little chilly. That's what I'm saying. I had to bring like a jacket to put on. Yeah. It's the, chilly and the, the winds, the seas are angry. The seas were angry. <laughs> yes. There are very high waves. We... Sometimes I guess they they have to cancel the ferry rides from from because, because of weather because of the weather yeah. yeah because the waves they're too high they won't go which I guess makes sense it's probably good <laughs> so safety precautions yeah so it was pretty uneventful I would say we we just stayed out on we the deck the whole time and then we got there okay so when we got there we saw the the boats we saw the boats yes um they still hadn't they were still in the process of getting rid of the boats yeah they had cranes out there working trying to remove Mm -hmm. them so it wasn't the most peaceful experience i guess i would say because of all the machinery there were literally there were cranes pulling these boats i mean how many boats were on the island still from oh there's tons dozens yeah at least because there were no people it was just the boats Right. It was just the boats. I mean, we should clarify that. Um, and so it was a little bit just jarring to see, you know, the, Hear the machines the in the aftermath. background as you're trying to take pictures and video. Yes. Yeah, so it wasn't exactly a normal island experience, I would say, from what people normally experience. Right. But, but was, I don't think it, it didn't ruin anything at all. No, no. We, that was just right by the boat dock. So we ventured away from that and into the fort, Jefferson, and, you know, the into the Bush water key, garden key which one was it bush key yes. yes we got to see that because we went in january which is the one of the three months four she's months count, she's counting sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm not, <laughs> four months that you can see this um island so yeah we got to explore that which i felt like really that was special really cool to do, yeah. be able to do like it's very rare yeah, like only 20,000 people a year get to see that island and walk on that island. So um, we had a picnic. Had our lunch there. Yep. They provided Jersey Mike subs, chips and cookies. I mean, free so food is always it was delicious. So, yeah, it was good. We, there was a Fort Jefferson tour that you're able to take. Like the, the, the ferry. I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> One, I don't, I can't say much i can't say words right now (laughs) but (laughs) maybe we should change your intro i know um but anyway one of the ferry workers gave us a 
tour of Fort Jefferson or you can choose to go on your own and tour in your own time and that's what we did so we waited till everybody because everybody clustered together right, and they were all doing the the tour at first but we decided we're just gonna wait till they leave and yeah, then we just explored explored it on our own um there is a little visitor center there with a bookstore so we got our stamp that was a cute little map. area yes and yeah so we got to stay on the island for a few hours headed back nothing super eventful on the way back either so no it was nice highly recommend anybody take a trip out there yes um so when is the best time to visit dry tortugas that would be in the fall i would say december through may probably um yeah yeah you're right you're right it dry tortugas is one of those places since it's so far south um that it's actually mild year round so the air and sea temperatures are mild pretty much all year i would say i'd say they're Um, pretty average so you can technically visit any month of the year, but there are some things that you should note. So like we said, if you visit from October through January, you get to walk around Bush Key, which honestly was one of my favorite experiences on the island. I think just because I felt so like it felt so privileged to be able to be on that island with with that so few people a year get to see and walk on. So, um, yeah, that was d- definitely a highlight during those months. The temperatures are mild and it's still warm enough to swim, paddle, snorkel. Uh, but the water visibility can be poor and sea travel can be choppy in January. Lots of chop. Lots of chop. <laughs> um, but for us, the conditions were perfect. So it's kind of a little bit of a gamble sometimes, but. Um, I think it was pretty ideal for the January. Yes. And then uh, hurricane season is from June through October or sorry, June through November. Um, so the water visibility is actually crystal clear and the temperatures are hot and nice for swimming and snorkeling, but hurricanes can cause the ferry or seaplane to postpone travel. So just note that if you are going to plan a trip in the summer, keep that in mind, folks. Yes. Um, so where to stay on or near the island, near the island of dry Tortugas would be Key West, Florida. So there's the southernmost island in the Florida Keys. So you can either stay at a campground or at a hotel. The campgrounds are going to be your cheapest option, even though I use the word cheap loosely because they are not cheap. But compared to the hotels, they are more affordable. So uh, we stayed at Boyd's Key West Campground. Um, It was just a few miles from the ferry docks. And then there's also Leo's Campground. I've heard good things about and Sigsby Campground. Um, Those are all near the boat docks. It would be really convenient to stay. And then if you want to stay in a hotel, some of the ones I'd recommend would be Havana Cabana, Key West, Blue (laughs) Marlin. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) And then there's the Blue Marlin Motel and the Parrot Key Hotel and Villas. Or you can camp on the island. Well, you can't go inside the park. There's no lodging. Right. You can only camp. (laughs) There is. Yes, there are campsites. Um, There are. Let's see. But that's like a gamble. I'm camping not, there or trying to reserve a spot to camp yes there are very few campsites and they are they book out a year plus in advance yeah it was at least a year and a half when we went that's what they mentioned they were yeah because I think there was somebody on the ferry that was talking about how they wanted to take a group of their um kids to go see to go camp on the island right. but they were saying it was booked out 15 months already so I'm not sure if that's what it is currently but I would say if you're gonna book you Hopefully need you're to, not booking until 2028. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there are 10 campsites and you can stay for up to three nights. Um, you have to book your transportation um, by ferry. So 
I guess you could do a private charter as well. I'm not sure how that works, but for ferry, um, I, you have to book the camping specific ticket. Um, right. So the seaplanes do not offer transport for campers. Um, each campsite is equipped with a picnic table and a charcoal grill. Uh, there are composting toilets on the island. Um, however, there is also... Dig a hole. <laughs> but campers can use the restrooms um, on the ferry when the ferry is docked from like 10 to 3-ish. Um, so yeah, if you plan early, you might get the pleasure of hauling all of your gear 70 miles across the ocean. totes of camping gear for the yep. campers. You can pitch a tent under the stars and call this tiny remote island in the middle of the Gulf home for three nights. How Isn't that so crazy that their exciting. campsites come equipped with all of that on an island? Yeah, that would be a crazy experience. I would, I do would that. love to do that. I would do that. We did try to do that. But again, it was booked out so far that we just we didn't plan our trip Should've until some research. <laughs> yeah, we're used to <laughs> national parks where you just have to plan six months in advance. Right. But with this, it's going to be. 2028 here we come 2028 <laughs> we are going to be camping on dry tortugas i can just feel it <laughs> anyway i think that's all um that we had to talk about on about dry tortugas national park so erica where can they find you i am on instagram eslinger86 and we are on youtube at addicted to trails the number two and then you can find me on instagram at alexis abroad and my travel blog is alexisabroad.com so- i'm a blogger We'll be back next week with a new episode. See you guys on the trails. See you later.